I know sometimes when you go in a country like that, you kind of almost have to go in the relational um, to kind of go not behind the scenes or undercover, but you can't just convert people because it's it, it it's life and death for those people. Oftentimes, you know, they they get persecuted for for their faith. Um, I'm not going to do Romans after all. Now that uh, I've heard Desiree kind of share a little bit, but would you go over to Ephesians chapter four? Um, as she was talking about just what the Lord um, was kind of doing there and just kind of as she shared her testimony with us. I'll just have a shorter service tonight. Um, probably not um, <laughs> once I get up here. But it just kind of kind of sparked in me the fact that here you have a young little girl at one point in her life at age five deciding to say, well, I want Jesus in my heart, in my life. And we get to minister to kids all the time because we have a, a children's ministry here and we have VBS and we have stuff that like that that goes on. And, and I don't know where you stand or what you think about these little kids because I've worked with kids forever. Ever since I've been a Christian, I think we've been around kids and ministering to them. And I would never hesitate to, to share with a young five-year-old, three-year-old because they're so open to hear, I'm sure at the time of her conversion, she did not understand what sanctification meant, <laughs> what justification meant, what any of those kinds of things that we kind of throw around. But she knew that she needed Jesus in her heart because the simplicity of the gospel is that simple. And at that time, she was able to have Jesus in her heart and praise God she had parents that were um, being an example. And we're just kind of living that life for her. And, and, and you know, I've shared with you guys that this month coming up, it was beginning the uh, this sat Sunday, we're going to start doing family life for the month of October, talking about families and things like that. And I don't know exactly what's going to come out, but there's people that are going to be sharing how they've shared with their kids. Many of them have been walking with the Lord for a long time, so their kids have been raised in the church. And some of their kids have been like continuously walking with the Lord and some of them haven't. And yet I think what she has shared is important that her parents were that example for her. But there probably came a time and she shared it at the end of her high school years that she had to make a decision when Jesus began to challenge her as to would she let him be the Lord, not just the Savior, but the Lord of her life. And with that comes the responsibility of like, will you do what I ask you to do? And many of you, especially the, the, the high schoolers and the J-hires who are in here, are being challenged with these kinds of issues when you're being taught in the back back there and you're just like thinking, well, I'm just a teenager. It's like, but God is preparing. God is calling. He is always calling. He calls five-year-olds. <laughs> Imagine that. He calls young kids to himself. And some of us, we never heard the gospel like that until, you know, I didn't hear it until I was 20. Right before I was 21 did I come to the Lord. So I didn't have the privileges that some of you guys have. And, and some of you guys kind of think it's like, ah, oh, so boring. Why do we have to go to church midweek? Jeez, Louise, we already go on a Sunday. And yet your parents are like, no, I want to give you as much as possible. 
And so I, I wanted to turn to Ephesians chapter 4, beginning in verse 1, where it says, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called, with all lowliness and gentleness, with long suffering, bearing with one another in love, keeping, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as there is one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. Here we have Paul, who who is a prisoner of the Lord, and he is begging the people that he is writing to, and he is writing to a church in Ephesus, which happens to be in Turkey, <laughs> where our sister was, is ministering at, where her heart is at. And he is writing to a place, especially Ephesus, which was a very perverted city. It, it was bad back then. I don't know what, if it still exists today, but it was bad back then. But there was a church there, and there was believers there. And he is encouraging them to, to walk in this newfound faith that they had come to know. And he's encouraging them to walk worthy of the calling. You see, they had been called out of the world. They had been called to follow Jesus. And they answered that call. And I'm sure there was kids back then and there was adults back then. But when, when somebody went to share the gospel with them, they had to respond in one way or another. And right now, as, as, as I'm thinking about where our, our sister goes and minister, they're like closed off to that. They don't know who Jesus is because they're Muslim. They've been raised Muslim. They're Turkish, so they have to be Muslim. I felt the same way growing up. I'm Mexican, so I have to be Catholic, right? That's who Catholics are. I, you know, you don't know anything but, and that's, you know, when she's sharing that, it's like I'm saying I, I identify with that. I understand that because we, we, we think that this is who we are. But, but God is calling. And he's not only calling us here in the United States, but he's calling people around the world. And we get caught up in our world here. And I understand that because we, we don't go traveling all over the place. Most of us have grown up here or, or raised our kids here. And this is where we're at. God is calling. There has to be a time in your life where you decide, I I want more of what Jesus has for me. He's in my heart, and I'm satisfied with that, but I think there's more. Because God begins to challenge you, and when you begin to read your word on a daily basis, and he begins to speak to you, now you have to respond. And you can just like, "Ah, I don't want to respond, and and just kind of back up and say, "Ah, I don't know if I want to do that. And you can stay there. And you know, our vision for the church this year has been to go deeper. And part of my heart was that, man, start reading the word on a daily basis. Start serving Jesus. Start, start answering the call and see where you're at at the end of this year. And many of you have been challenged with that. Some of you J-hires, some of you high schoolers. But I know a lot of you adults have been challenged by that. And, and you're thinking, well, what if God desired, you know, as an older person, well, what if he calls me to go to Turkey? It's like, and are you going to answer the call? You know, you, some of you were probably looking at this young lady up here and going, well, you're young. You can go do whatever you want. It's like she had a plan, though. 
She had a purpose for her life. And all of a sudden, God says, will you do as I ask you to do? Will you walk worthy of the calling with which you were called? I think that's an important message. For us to hear a testimony of a young lady that says, I'm willing. And I'm sure her parents, as godly as they are, as they are, uh, were like, you, you want to go do what? Why do you want to leave this beautiful high desert probably? I'm sure you guys think. Why would you want to go anywhere? I mean, I can understand going to, to UC Irvine. I mean, it's beautiful down there. It's only an hour and a half away or so. But I'm sure when she told her parents, it's like, I think God's calling me. And as hard as it is for a parent <laughs> to let their kids go out of their house, uh, for some parents it's like they can't wait. I understand that too. But for some parents it's like, no. And then you're saying across the, the other side of the world, it's harsh. It really is. But again, even as parents, when your kids are coming to you going, I think God has a calling in my life. And you're going, no, but I have plans for you. As parents, we're not the ones that call our kids. If our kids want to serve Jesus and they have a calling in their life, then we have to allow the Holy Spirit to do that work in them and trust that it's God and not just them trying to get out of our house. <laughs> and so it, it, to, to, to answer the call that God is calling us, it takes a lot of guts in one sense to say, okay, Lord, here I am. But what it actually takes is what verse 2 says, with all lowliness, it takes humility and say, wow, Lord, I, I, I thought I had it all planned out. Man, since a kid, I, I, I knew what I wanted in life. And God's saying, but will you humble yourself? Will you put away your plans for my plans? You have to humble yourself with all gentleness <laughs> to be able to, to, to come across in a way that's not haughty of saying, oh yeah, man, I'm going. It's like, man, oh, there's a, there's a gentleness that should come with even that calling of not being arrogant or boastful. The fact that, that God can call a young person to, to, to go and do his work in a country that doesn't even know him. There has to be a gentleness that comes along with it, with long suffering. I'm sure our sister was able to say yes, Lord, but the, the, the battles that went on within her to be able to wait on the Lord, to be patient and say, when, Lord, how, why? To wait on the Lord with long suffering and then bearing with one another in love. You know, I kind of look at that and I think if there isn't a love for people, how can you truly answer a call to go out and minister if you don't have truly a love that comes from, from the heart of Jesus to people that you don't even know? You know, for some reason, her heart or however the situation came about, her heart was to go to Turkey, was to go to the Middle East, to go and minister to people who could reject her. And I'm sure there was probably plenty of rejections along the way while you're there. That people are going about their business, and it's like, why are you here? <laughs> but to have that love. 
endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Endeavoring means to continue on, to not give up. But the trials that come when you decide, I think God is calling me to go out, and I'm sure the parents going, how how is this going to happen? You know, if it's God, then He will provide, but but we don't have the resources. And to to endeavor, to say, but this is what God is doing. You know, she's asking for prayer. She's asking for financial support. And I'm sure she's, she's like, please, please, anybody. But I could guarantee you her heart is trusting in the Lord, not in us. <laughs> she has to trust in the Lord. He is the one that, that unifies. He's the one that brings us together. It's His Spirit that does the work. And when the Spirit begins to do the work, He will do whatever it takes to get her there. Her heart is to be be there. One of the things that I realize also when people like that want to go somewhere, they're already involved where they're at. They're already kind of being a missionary in their hometown. And because I've known this young lady for a while, I know how, how involved she was at her church, Calvary High Desert. To be involved, to have a heart already for the people there and yet to leave the people that she truly loved and ministered with and to be able to go and answer the call to walk worthy of that calling. Her heart is to bring the peace of God to the people who don't have no peace. They don't have no hope, so they can't have peace. And so her heart is, is, is to keep the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace as she goes out to minister to people for their hearts to be open. You see, guys, even though we are here in the United States and we think that this is all there is, probably many of us, we don't have this world view of going out. It's like, no, I'm just kind of satisfied right here. And Well, some of you kids that have grown up here, you want to go out and get out of feeling. But, but to really go out, to go somewhere else and say, I think the, God, the Lord's calling me to go somewhere beyond this place. And I, I want to encourage you that if you really, even if you want to go to college somewhere else, guys, make sure you're rooted and planted right where you're at. Some of you guys have grown up in this church, man. Be rooted and planted here so that when you do go, you look for those kinds of organizations, those kinds of ministries that are on campuses. Um, one of my, my, my oldest daughter, when she went to Fresno State, um, she really didn't... She was out for mom and dad's wing, and so she decided that uh, she re- really wasn't going to be looking for a church or doing anything like that. And so she was out just kind of messing around a little bit in her freshman year. And at the end of her freshman year, she got serious with the Lord. And by the time she went back to Fresno State, she said, Man, Dad, I didn't know there were so many Christians here. I said, they were there last year, sweetie. Because <laughs> they have a campus crusade for you know there, and they have... Fellowship of Christian athletes, they have all those things, but you just weren't looking for it. And she could have been a a statistic. God captured her heart. And guys, a lot of you young kids that are wanting to go out from under your parents, are you prepared to go out from under your parents to even go to college? Parents, have you laid that foundation for them that you really don't have to worry about them because you've laid that foundation. I know a lot of parents are concerned that the world's going to swallow them up. 
But my heart is, have you done your part? Have you done your job? You see, because later on here in in Ephesians chapter 4, where he talks about how he himself, God himself, Jesus himself, gave some to be apostles, same prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love, may grow up in all things to him who is the head, even Christ. I know you're going, well, I didn't say parents there. <laughs> Where it says that, that our, our job is to equip the saints. It's the, the, the what, what did it say? Apostles and prophets, evangelists, prophets, pastors and teachers. And yes, that is what we are supposed to be doing as pastors and teachers. But as parents, your heart should be to equip your son, your daughter for the ministry of the saints to go out. And some of you guys have, have, have left it up for the youth leaders or for the pastors to do, but that's your job to do at home, first and foremost. And I want to encourage you parents, man, don't give up. Don't give up on your kids, man. Some of them are already little knuckleheads, and they want to be knuckleheads, and they're pushing, and they're, 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 they're trying everything they can. Don't give up on them. You can't, because it's your job to equip them so that when they do go out, they will be able to walk worthy of the calling with which they have been called. So that as they go out, they can go and unify the people in the faith. To go do the work of an evangelist. To go work, do the work of a missionary. If they don't go out anywhere else and they go to jobs or they go to schools, they will do the work of an evangelist at their school, at their job. And they won't be afraid to stand up for the gospel. They won't be ashamed. But they have to see it in you, mom and dad. <clears throat> I want to encourage you in that. And continue to, to be encouraged in all of that. I, I just am stoked that uh, last minute this young lady decided to come and share with us. Had a study all planned for Romans 13. But, you know, I, as I was sitting there, I was thinking, gosh, I hope she doesn't feel pressure to stop. <laughs> Because I think uh, five minutes into it, I felt that the Lord said, you're not teaching Romans. Share something else. Like, okay, Lord, what do you want me to share? And as she talked about hope, I thought, oh gosh, I know where I want to go. And guys, it is my hope, my desire, that as we are united, growing together, as you go back to verse 4 where it says, for there is one body, Calvary feeling is not the only body. What he's talking about is the body of Christ all over the world. And there's people that need, get, need to get saved everywhere here in feeling just like in Turkey, man. And so our hearts should be wherever we go. Let us share the gospel. For there is one body and one spirit. And that Holy Spirit has been offered to us. And many of you guys who have accepted the Lord as youngsters,
That spirit is still there. <laughs> you just have to give up if you're trying to do things on your own and just let him not just be your savior but be your Lord. Because you give yourself over to the spirit <laughs> and you better be careful because he will take you to places that you never thought you can go. And you will do things that you never imagined you would be doing because that's what the Spirit does. I love when, when the, the, the apostles and those people that were at, on the day of Pentecost and they were waiting for the Spirit to come upon them and the Spirit finally came upon them. And guys, those people who had been cowering and hiding after the resurrection were waiting and the Holy Spirit fell upon them and all of a sudden they were never the same after that. You could not hold them back. You could not tell them, hey, you can't preach in the name of Jesus. Because when they were told that, they respected the, the authority, but they went out and they were willing to pay the consequences to keep preaching in the name of Jesus. They understood that it would cost them their life and they were willing to go for it. They weren't afraid of the consequences. And so it's that Holy Spirit, that same Holy Spirit that gave those guys the ability, the power to go out and do the work. It's the same Holy Spirit today that is wanting to move in your life. He has called you. If you've received the call, then you're saved. But He has called you to do more. And I don't know what that is for you. Desiree knows what it is for her. I know what the calling is in my life. Some of you guys already know what God's calling you, but what, what is God putting on your heart tonight even? Some of you who have heard this little testimony from our sister have been stirred from within. And it says that there is one body and one spirit just as you were called in one hope of your calling. And so begin to pray. If you feel like, Lord, I know that you're not calling me to go anywhere else but to be here, then for right now, right, be here. But in two years from now, five years from now, ten years from now, <laughs> be open to see what God has for you. Amen? Let's pray. And we'll pray for Desiree and we'll pray for what God wants to do. Um, yeah, it's a little early, but uh, we'll have some prayer teams up here. Um, some of you, the youth guys, uh, youth leaders, be up here too. Maybe some of your kids want to come up. Um, Desiree will be back there, but if she wants to come up here and somebody wants to come and pray with her or come, I don't know. However, I want to be open to what the Holy Spirit wants to do. And so um, maybe we have two songs, Jim. <laughs> I always throw stuff at Jim. It's like, be ready, bro. Let's just pray. Father, thank you as we come before you right now, Lord. We want to thank you, Lord God, for just th changing things up tonight, Lord. And thank you that your spirit, Lord God, is so good to us. That same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. That same spirit that fell upon the disciples, Lord God, on the day of Pentecost. That same spirit, Lord God, that throughout the history of, of the church has been working. And we are here today because of that, Lord. And because we're here today, Lord God, you are still calling men and women, young men, young women, 
to walk worthy of the calling with which they have been called. And Father, we glory in you. We honor you, Father. We thank you for your faithfulness, Lord, to supply all the needs according to your riches, Lord. We pray for Desiree, Lord. We thank you, Lord God, for putting a calling on her life, Lord. I thank you, Lord God, that as she answered that call one day, she desired, Lord God, to be used of you. And you allowed her to go to college. You allowed her to do other things to prepare her for what you've been doing in this past year and what you will be doing in the future in her life, Lord. We pray, Father, for her finances, Lord. We pray, God, that you would supply what is needed for this young lady, Lord, that desires to go out and do your work. Lord, I know that while she's here in the States, Lord, she will be doing the work that she needs to be doing, but her heart is to go out. So we pray that you would supply. Father, we pray for her parents and her family. We ask that your spirit would fall upon them, Lord, continuously to give them peace, to give them rest, Lord, to show them, Lord God, that your hand is upon their daughter as she goes out to watch over them, Lord God. And Father, I pray for those who are in this room who who heard the testimony, who've heard this portion of scripture this evening, Lord, and you're stirring their hearts, Lord. Lord, confirm it like you did with our sister, Lord. Confirm what you are calling them to do, Lord, in their schools, in their homes, in this community, Lord, and if you will, to other places. And so we bless you. We thank you, Jesus. We glory in you. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you guys.